Hello, everyone. I am Alex Majorana. And I'm Sydney Lynch. And this is Little Known Tracks. Today, we talk to Sohill, a pop and guitar artist based right outside of DC. Much like his interest in many different types of food, he experiments with all sorts of different music. With a foundation in pop punk, his music has evolved to encapsulate his tastes in music. His writing style has grown with him as well, creating music with technical knowledge and honest lyrics. With collaborations in the works, we can expect some new music by December. Without further ado, Real by Sohill. So Hill, thank you so much for joining us today. Of course. So the first thing I think we wanted to ask you about is you said that one of your interests was trying out new restaurants. I feel like that's a little vague. So give us a little bit of detail on that, how you kind of got into like restaurants. I love that that's the first question on this podcast. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I I just like, I mean, I'm a, a pretty social guy, so I feel like in my spare time, if I'm not doing music, I like to just hang out with friends, try out new restaurants. Um, yeah, I don't know what else to say. It's nothing specific. It's just if you know, if there's a cool restaurant somebody recommends or if it's a certain type of thing that's kind of unique, a certain type of cuisine, I, I want to be the first to try it. Um, so I live close to the D.C. area. So there's a lot of cool restaurants popping up all the time. And, and you know, on the weekends, if I have time, I definitely like to check them out. 
Have you, you found your? Sorry, I, <laughs> I bet it was similar to the same question. Have you found your like go-to restaurant, or do you have one that you find yourself going back to? Uh, I don't think so. I think my friends would probably tell you I'm very addicted to Ant Pizza right now. Um, I'm not sure if you guys have had that. It's 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 not anything. The pizza's not incredible or anything, but it's just like a it's a comfort food. So like if I okay. and it's close by to my to where I live. So if there's you know, if there's some time in the middle of the day and I'm just craving something and I don't want to cook, I'll just go to Ant Pizza and get a white pizza. So pizza, go-to right now. Um, I love Thai food, uh, Korean food, Mexican, pretty much all food. Um, yeah, so it, it can be fast food or even sort of, I want to say fine dining because that sounds kind of weird, but like, you know, a little bit more expensive. So I'm, I'm okay with all of it. I just like food. And you said that when you're not cooking, you you might go and do that. So you do cook. I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I wish I cooked more. I'm still, uh, I moved into my to my new place a couple months ago and I haven't cooked. I used to cook a lot in my last place, but for some reason, since I moved here, I just haven't, haven't done it enough, but I'm getting into it. Uh, I make, uh, I make a pretty good Thai fried rice. So I'm trying to, trying to expand my palate a bit. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm into food for sure. And does that ever consist of any uh, like food blogging or food Instagram accounts? Are you nah, taking nah. pictures of your food before it, you know? Not really, no. No. Um, my, my sister is actually a pretty, my sister is a pretty big foodie and she actually has like a food TikTok, um, elite foodies. And, you know, th- she's, she's the one that's into all that. But I just like to eat it. I don't really need to share. <laughs> Wait, know? I love those TikToks that are like, we went to this restaurant and you oh, need yeah. to try this. And I That's save her. all of them and I've never went to a single one that I've saved <laughs> so far. It but just feels I, nice to know that you can. Yeah. yeah that yeah. like maybe if I ever go back in my likes, I can, oh, yeah. you know, yeah. go to that place. But have yet to do it. But appreciate all the work that goes into it. <laughs> yeah. She's she's all about it. She's where are you guys based out of? We're uh, like in Philly. Gotcha. Nice, nice, nice. Yeah, so she's all around the DC area, kind of taking TikToks wherever she can. So, so do you get like recommendations from her to go to new places? I do. Yeah, yeah. She's usually the one of the first people I, you know, if I have something planned and I need to take somebody out, or if, if you know, if we're going to DC, she's the first person I ask for sure. I, I think pretty much all my friends and family are into food. I think that says something about me. I think I've just, you know, all of that's maybe I was raised like that. That's why I'm like this. And all my friends, I've gravitated towards people that like food. Um, it's just, yeah, it's, it's kind of just part of the lifestyle now. Yeah. So you spend a lot of time in restaurants. You spend a lot of time doing music. Have you ever yes. like combined the two a little bit? Maybe played some uh, like smaller yeah. gigs, local shows or anything like that in some restaurants? Yeah, for sure. So a lot of bars and cafes, usually the type of type of place I gravitate towards just because I feel like my type of music is pretty good for, you know, a restaurant for sure. Bars, I guess it depends, you know, the, the set has to be a little different, but restaurants, cafes, I love that. Yeah, I mean, if people can like turn up from their food and like are enjoying the music, then I know I did something right. So I think that's a pretty good, it's a pretty good gauge when, I, when I'm performing at restaurants. But yeah, mainly cafes, I actually like street performing quite a bit just for the, it's just exciting just because that, that is the true representation of if people are into it or not, because if they don't like it, they just walk away. And if they do like it, they just sit down and they, they watch. So, yeah, I think that's a, that's street performing. It's not necessarily the most, you know, you don't, it's not the, the most fruitful in terms of like business wise, I guess, but it's just exciting because you can just like 
in a second, someone could be gone. In a second, someone could be super into it. So it's just a cool thing. But yeah, bars, cafes, um, conventions every now and then, stuff like that, for sure. Yeah, I think it depends on the on the crowd. So did you start music and like start like doing street performances and stuff like that? Or is that something that is like maybe a more recent uh, interest? So I started music when I was uh, 12. So I started when I was 12. I picked up a guitar. I bought a guitar. Um, I tell the story a lot, but to impress the people in my neighborhood, I didn't even like, I liked guitar. I love music, but I just got it because that was the cool thing that people around were doing. I was like, let me just get this to impress people. And then naturally, you know, you can't force a passion. So it kind of just collected dust. But then like I picked, I picked it up one day because I really wanted to get into it again and, and learn the song that I was really into. And then that sparked the, the musical journey, I guess. But the street performing came much later. I think the first time I street performed, I was like 19. So it was, it was a little while. I was actually really shy to share the music growing up. So I didn't really, like my, my own family hadn't even heard me sing or play guitar until I was like 16. So I was like playing and singing for, for years, kind of just for me and then a couple of my friends. And then I turned 16 and there was like a convention we were going to. And it was like, it was like hundreds of people. It was massive. And for some reason, I don't know what happened in me. I hadn't performed for anybody, but I was like, I need to perform that day. And then I just, and then I did, I signed up. And that was that, that convention was the first time that my parents and my family and a lot of my friends had heard me sing. So it was a pretty wild first performance just because it was, I don't think I even knew what I was signing up for, but I think it was good because it set the stage that, you know, you can only get less nerve wracking from there, I think, you know? So yeah, but the street performing came just because I was just, I was into it. I think I was staying with my aunt one day and I was just like, I want to perform in the street. And then I just like went outside and, and started singing and I loved it. So, and I was there for four hours. I could have done probably five or six. So, so yeah. So two questions. Yeah. First, what was the song that made you want to start playing? And then mm. when you did that first performance, what was the reaction of your family? Like, I yeah. like knowing that you played and like actually hearing you sing for the first time? That was a really good question. I, the, the song that I wanted to learn was, it's a song called Adam's Song by Blink-182. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, yeah, I think Blink for some reason really spoke to me at that age when I was 12, just living in suburbia and just like out of that angst. And I just really like, I really love that song. And it sounded easy to play. Um, and no knock on Blink, but a lot of their stuff is very easy to play. So I think I just, I grabbed the guitar and I, learned it pretty quickly and I think that's what sparked it because the fact that I could play a song that I loved and I could just like play it for myself and entertain myself I was just addicted to that immediately and then I just started learning I think Blink was was the main one I just kept learning those type of songs the pretty easy four chord type of stuff and then I was hooked then I started I think I may have written my first song before playing guitar but I started writing songs like crazy from there from there, it was just, you know, whatever would happen at school or whatever would happen in my life, I'd just come home and write a song about it. And it was, yeah, it was a really cool time just because at that time, I think you're not really concerned as much about what people are going to say about it. At least I wasn't. We, we also didn't really have social media to the level that it, that it is right now. But yeah, I didn't really, I just kind of wrote songs to, to use as an outlet. And it wasn't so much to impress or do anything like that. So that was a really cool time. I think writing songs until I was, I'm still writing songs now, obviously, but I was writing songs like pretty, pretty, pretty much every day when I was, when I was that age. And then in high school, it was pretty constant. 
So yeah, it was super, super pure time. Cause it was just, I had like blinders on. I didn't even think about, you know, what if this person heard it, you know, are people going to like it? I, for some reason, didn't even really care about it. Um, that, you know, came later, obviously a little bit, but um, I think that's natural. And then what was the reaction of your family? Like that first time they heard you perform after you've been playing for so long? Yeah, I think, I think they were, they're very pleasantly surprised because they were very nervous, I think, because they were like, this this kid, you know, we haven't ever heard him sing. He, he could be really bad and he's going to go on stage in front of everybody we know and hundreds of people and embarrass himself. I think it's a natural fear for a parent to have that. Um, and I got up there and we had, there was actually quite a bit of technical difficulties. The DJ, there's something going on with the, with the DJ booth and there was like some screeches that were going on. I think my mom started crying actually, just because she didn't even know. She's like, you know, this is my, this is my son's first performance and he's just gonna, you know, he's never going to sing again. But then I came back and performed again. Cause they, the people that hosted the event were like, you know, that wasn't fair. Like come just, you know, come on the stage again and do it again. And I did it again. And I think it went super well. And, and the family liked it a lot. I was super nervous. I, you know, I, my legs were shaking on stage, but I don't think anybody noticed, but my, but my family overall, I think they were into it. I think they were just pleasantly surprised. They were just happy that I wasn't as bad as, you know, I could have been, I guess. So yeah, it was, it was a good time. And it was a confidence boost for sure. Just because no one had ever heard me. And then immediately I was performing for a lot of people and then they were, I was getting some compliments at a young age and that kind of said like, okay, let me try this more. So it was good. It was, it was a fun time. So you talked a little bit about um, like coming home after that, like writing songs just constantly. Yep. Do you have any recollection of maybe your first song that you wrote? I do actually. It was, is pretty embarrassing, but I was, uh, I was in a bathtub and I was super sick. I was like, uh, it was, it was one of the worst, I think, colds I had probably. And I just wrote a song about being sick and it was like super intense. It was like, it sounded like Linkin Park. If I, if I look back at it now, it was just like me, just super angry at, at why is my body doing this to me? Uh, that was the first, I don't remember how it goes and I don't remember any lyrics, but I can't imagine it was good, but it was, it was definitely very angry and very angsty, way too, way too angry and too angsty. I love the idea of like, a 13, 14 year old, something like that, writing a song in a bathtub. Oh yeah. About being sick. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it's a legendary moment in my life. I think I was just kind of, I was in it. I don't, I think it was, it kind of just came out of nowhere. So your writing process, how Mm -hmm. has that evolved? Obviously since then, when you were, you know, 13, 14, now you're releasing albums and singles, your Mm -hmm. most recent single um, being candy. What Mm -hmm. was that? What's that writing process look like now? Yeah, I think back then, I was actually just thinking about this. Back then, like I was saying, I, I thought it was maybe not more pure, but it was it was just the song and me, I feel like. It was the experience, the song and myself, and I was just writing from that. I wasn't thinking at all about what anybody would think, probably because I wasn't really going to share it with anybody. So it was literally there just to, to use as an outlet and sort of uh, like a security blanket for anything I was feeling. And I still try to keep that now. Like I really try my hardest now to like zone all of that stuff out, like no act like nobody's gonna listen to it and just focus on how I feel and write that. But what's changed I think is just is structurally, I think I, I do a bit better and I think about that a bit more. So 
I try to write the best verse that leads into the chorus in the right way and the chorus that leads back to the second verse in the right way and a bridge that doesn't lose momentum. So I think about a lot of stuff that I think I didn't know back then maybe, or just listened to enough music and wrote enough music now that I feel like I, I sort of understand the, the structure of a song a lot better. Back then it was kind of just like, a lot of times it was like ripoffs of like the, the artists I was listening to, but the lyrics were super honest to me. So now I think the lyrics are still very honest and they're very, I like specific, specific type of lyrics, lyrics that sort of paint a picture and tell a story and that's sort of really unique to me because I think, I think being super authentic and even though it's, it might be a little vulnerable to like talk about an experience that you've had in such detail, I think that is always what cuts through. Like I had this one song, I don't, I don't want to say it just because I don't want people to know exactly what lyric I'm talking about, but there's a lyric in, in one song of mine in the chorus that's so specific, like super, super specific that it's like, I couldn't have made it up. And I feel like that's always when people tell me, if I ask them like what their favorite lyric is of mine, people always cite that. So I, it, it made me think, you know, being authentic is really what I think cuts through and people relate to someone being super vulnerable and authentic. So when you ask me about the, the writing process, I think it's, I think that's it. I just try to be as honest and authentic as possible, but still sort of um, maintaining the structure of the song. So I'm, I almost think of, think of it as, it's like a, a mix of engineering and art. So back then it was like pure art. I feel like it was just like, let's be honest and I can talk about whatever, as long as, you know, it makes me happy. Now it's sort of, I want to be super honest, but I do want to think about it kind of like mathematically, like, does this make sense? Does this many syllables, you know, translate in the second verse, like the first verse? So I think about it in that way too. And I think that's sort of, you know, the balance of, of those two, I think, is what kind of creates my sound. So um, outside of like the writing process for you, uh, how has your sound itself sort of evolved? So like you have a very like upbeat uh, kind of sound right now, at least with your um, like newest singles and stuff. Yeah. How did you kind of get to that point? And like, where did you maybe start with music? You said like Blink. So you had like that mm. pop punk vibe kind of going on. Mm. So like, how did, how did we get there? How did we, how did our sound evolve? Yeah. So I definitely started with the pop punk stuff. I think, like I said, just that stuff related to me, alternative rock, third eye blind, that sort of thing really resonated with me just being, you know, a kid growing up in the early 2000s in the suburbs and I was just super into that and the way that their melodies were laid out just it spoke to me and then I think I think high school came around I always liked pop music my music is definitely people can consider it pop I think I've always liked pop music I just love a great hook like I love just leading up to a verse that leads up to something where you're like you know that feels really good so I always love that singer songwriter stuff I've always liked people kind of always told me that that's where they think I should be, which, I mean, I, I love that people like that style of my music, but I definitely want to do more things, but people always kind of like to say that, you know, you should do the acoustic stuff. So I think that's probably because I listened to a lot of acoustic stuff in high school, a lot of John Mayer, Jack Johnson, that type of thing. And then pretty much hip hop throughout too. I think hip hop really found its way into my music because DMX, Eminem, 50 Cent, all of them, I think I loved as a kid, I don't know what it was about it, just the energy. And then high school continued, continued with that a little bit more of a low key, a lot of Mac Miller, that type of sound. And then, then college came around and I think it was got a little, I feel like a little bit more underground, a lot more indie stuff, a lot of, 
yeah, more underground hip hop. I got I got very heavy into a lot of things that I that I maybe wasn't into before that, and I think that's kind of what morphed the sound. So the melodies, if you listen to my music now, I think are very pop, but they have like a lot of alternative flair to it. And then the beats itself are very, very inspired by hip hop. So, and then there's like a lot of electronic stuff. I think that's just, I like synth sounds and stuff like that, but I don't, I don't want to lose the, the soul of it. So I try to keep a little bit of the soul of it um, while kind of embellishing with, with electronics and stuff like that. So it's grown quite a bit. I, when I first started, it was very alternative very blink ripoff type of stuff. And then, you know, as you get older, I think hopefully I, I would like to think my sound matured a little bit. And it was, you know, it had influences from soul to R&B to pop to alternative rock, just a whole bunch of different things. So I think that's kind of where my sound sits now. But then again, like I like, I like jumping around a lot. So I'm trying to think, you know, I made a song, The Candy, the newest one is very, very pop. Like it's very just upbeat, very, Know, synth pop sort of retro and then you know I made a song last year called come my way which is a little more hip-hop a little bit of gospel influence and then I made a song this year called miss me which was sort of disco-y a little more a little more dancey a lot of guitar and then I have a song coming out soon called where you're gonna go which is like pure singer songwriter a guitar my vocals and a little bit of um, electronics here and there but yeah, I just I think I just get restless. I just like experimenting with different sounds and and jumping around. But if if you're, if you're wondering where the the growth is, I would say that's probably the tra- trajectory. So, do you think that you're kind of jumping around with all these sounds uh, because you haven't found your particular niche uh, musically, mm. or do you think it's because you just have this kind of vast mm-hmm. idea of what you yeah. want your music to be so you're just producing it all i think it's more of the second one i think naturally i'm going to as i get older and as i do more music i'm naturally going to find my sound even more than i am now i like to always think ne- next year i should be better than the year before so this year i would think i'm you know i'm a lot better than what i was releasing last year i think it's just i'm always focused on just getting better i'm not really focused so much on on finding one particular sound I think it is just a bit of just an interest in trying things. So like I'll hear, I'll hear an artist and I'll just get inspired by it. And I want to create a song similar to that. So I just, I just go and do that. So I don't, I don't think it's, it's so much uh, not finding my sound. I think it's just, I just get inspired. I just like music a lot. And I just like the different genres, um, not really one over the other. So I think that kind of shows in the music. There's a lot of, a lot of inspiration coming from a lot of different places. You were talking about uh, a little bit earlier about uh, the music production and the beats behind your music, but you also do custom beats for um, other artists. So can you talk yeah. a little bit about like that kind of process and maybe what that creative process looks like with that collaboration? Yeah, I haven't I haven't done that in a while, but essentially it's just it's just talking honestly with the person that wants it. And, you know, there's been times when I've made beats and people have told me, you know, that's not at all what I, what I wanted. And I have to kind of start from scratch. And I think that's a good learning for me. So it's just basically just, just talking to them, figuring out exactly what they want. And I think communication is super important when it comes to that sort of thing. You know, I've been pretty clear now. I'm, I'm definitely jumping into collaborations a bit more now. So I think the main thing is the communication upfront. Like if I, if I want somebody to, to, for example, sing on a song of mine, as opposed to kind of trying to be nice initially, and then having to tell them later, you know, that's not what I was thinking. 
I tell them right up front, like, I need it to be this fast. I want you to sing with this amount of rasp. I want falsetto. Like, I try to be as specific as possible. That way, you know, I, I don't waste their time. Because if they come to me and they send me, you know, a track and I come back and I'm like, that's not at all really what I was thinking. I don't, I, I don't want to make them redo it, you know? So I, I initially, I try to be very, very clear about what I want. And, you know, the beats thing, I, I would expect the same from other people. You know, if they come to me and they're kind of like, I just want something fun. I'm, I'm really particular about like, just please tell me exactly what you want. Do you want it to be super fast? Do you want it slow? What type of music uh, do you want it to sound like? Are there artists that you would take inspiration from? So it's very, it's very, a lot of communication, very collaborative. I think, I think that is a key because if, if, if you don't communicate and you kind of just try to beat around the bush and try to spare feelings, I don't think you get the best product and it kind of just hurts both artists in the end, I think. But yeah, I'm definitely getting more into collaborations. That's that's my big push, um, for definitely for 2022. But moving forward, right now as well, I want to try to feature somebody on every song I drop for the next couple at least. That's kind of my goal here, because I spent a lot of time doing it on my own, um, most of the time doing it on my own, because I just you know I produce everything and write everything. So I just kind of it's just easier. Maybe maybe it was a laziness thing. I don't know. But I kind of just you know I do it all myself. And then I want to release it. I, I kind of want to get things done super fast and for something in my mind always told me like oh if I have someone else it could slow down the process but now I'm kind of just a little more open to it I'm like you know it could make the song a lot better if someone's singing on you know this verse as opposed to me or if someone's giving me a beat so just very open to collaboration now but I think communication to answer your original question sorry for the tangent I think communication oh, yeah. is is definitely the key yeah absolutely so when it comes to that collaboration in your music kind of moving forward, is it that conversation of, oh, this is what I want for this song? Or is it uh, more of that, like maybe a back and forth to figure out like what you think would become the best product of the song? Mm. Yeah, I think to be honest with you, I think I'm still learning. I think if it's my song, I have a pretty good idea of what I want. I'm not by no means am I ever going to say not hear someone's opinion if they have something, but I think if it's my own song and I have an idea already of like what I want, usually I just go straight to them and I, I tell them exactly what I would want. And I think, and I think they would respect that because like, it's your song. So you probably know what you're, what you want, want it to sound like. So I try to do that. You know, I try to be as clear as possible, but you know, if someone, if we're working on a song together, like I have a good friend of mine, that's, that's an amazing drummer. Um, you know, he plays Indian drums and he plays, um, you know, acoustic drums as well. He's like a very good drummer and he, you know, he has ideas for rhythms that I would never think of. So like if we're working on something and I'm kind of like, okay, I should go like this. And then he comes in and does like a, a super sort of almost offbeat rhythm that sounds super like funky or super kind of uh, dragged in a way that's like super refreshing. Then I'm like, okay, we're definitely doing that, you know? So I think it just, it depends. I think that's the great thing about collaborating. You can, someone can bring out something in the song that you had no idea. And then you're like, oh, that's way better than whatever I would have done. So I think it's I think it's sort of just trusting to see where it goes and trusting the artist that you're working with to to come with something good. But when it comes to yeah, like songs that I'm writing and I have an idea already, it's it's mainly me telling them what I want. But when it comes to like me just working on something with somebody, then it's it's you know anybody's game. You know the best product wins. So are you currently uh, working on anything? Yes, I am actually. I just today is really funny. Like an hour ago, I got the the track from from somebody I'm featuring or somebody I'm featuring on on the next song. So the next song is called Where You're Gonna Go. Like I was saying, it's it's super, it's just a guitar, it's my voice. It's 
I think I've performed this song live quite a bit of times, and I think it's probably the one that most people say like they like. I've never heard people say they like a song as much as people have said they like this one. So it really it it made me think. Okay, I gotta go. I gotta move forward with this. So that one's almost done. I would say it's ninety percent done. I gotta add this guy's vocals on the second verse, and then it's pretty much good to go. So I would say December. I'm targeting for this one. Hey, we'll make so, sure to keep a yeah. lookout for it. So keep an eye out. Yeah. Yeah. So have you been able to perform a lot recently now that things are starting to open back up a little bit? I, I've done a couple. I honestly haven't. I did a couple of virtual things last year during COVID. And then since COVID, I've done I've done like two. Um, so still still trying to get back out there. I think the focus right now is is the recording and the releasing. But I definitely, now that things are opening back up again, I definitely want to go just, just for my own fun. I just love doing stuff like that. So yeah, I think I'm definitely open now more so than I was probably earlier this year to go out and just perform as much as possible. Uh, I just performed at this, this bar and, and restaurant uh, like two weeks ago, I think. And it was, it was amazing. So, you know, just, just being out there and the energy and the, the weather was amazing. Weather is probably not going to stay amazing, but the weather was amazing. And I kind of just, it made me think, okay, I need to do this again. This is a lot of fun. Listen, who says you can't play in the snow? You're right. You know, I'm just going to go, just bundle up, and then uh, yeah. sing, to, sing to maybe no one, but I'll be singing. Yeah, you like put would... your chunky gloves on. Don't, like, <laughs> yeah. put it on the fretboard, whatever. You know, who's, who says you can't? <laughs> it may sound scratchy, but I'm having fun. That's what matters. But so how does doing like playing live compared to playing shows like virtually since we're kind of uh, getting out of the virtual thing a little bit um what was that comparison like i 100 percent prefer the prefer the the in person the live because you just don't it sounds I'm super cliche as i'm not the first person that's saying this but you just don't feel the energy of the people as much like when you're singing for a screen for example i just think you know, you're sitting there and you see, you know, people smiling or, or chatting or whatever, but you're just, at the end of the day, like you feel like a person in a room. That's at least that's how I felt. So when I'm performing and there's actual people in front of me, it feels like I'm like having an experience with other people. And it feels like I'm, you know, I'm out and I'm singing and it's music in the air for as corny as that sounds. But you know, when I'm at home, it's just kind of like me singing. It feels like me singing to myself, but there are people like on the other side of the screen, if that makes sense. But you know, I'll never turn down an opportunity. So if there's if if there's a virtual show that comes up that's that's cool, I'll definitely do it. But I definitely prefer the the live in person. You uh you were we were talking a little bit about like the virtual uh, concerts and stuff, and we know yeah. that you basically produced a whole album during <laughs> quarantine, right? Yes, you guys did research. So, I love it. So tell us a little bit about uh, that album and how that kind of came to be. Yeah, so that album is called Brought to You by the Quarantine. And it's actually not on, on Spotify and album music anymore. I think it's still on YouTube. I, I, I just took it off. But I, I basically made it because we were just stuck in the house and I just wanted like a passion project. You know, some people picked up different hobbies and I sort of just, I committed myself to just making a beat every night. And I made, I don't remember exactly how many tracks are on there, but it's probably like 15. So yeah, I just basically came home wherever I was taking a walk or, or finishing up whatever I was doing that day. And then just for the last couple hours before I went to bed every night, I would commit myself to making a beat. And I would just, I would do that for a couple of weeks. And it was, it was great. I mean, I feel like every single beat I made, I, I just put on there. I didn't even scrap anything really, but it was kind of just, just a passion project. I wanted to just 
sort of capsule that moment in our lives because it's such a weird thing. I was kind of like, you know, we're going to look back on this and we're going to be like, this is a weird time. And this is a weird month. And I want at least something to show from it. You know, I, I don't want to just leave that month and feeling like I didn't really accomplish anything or I don't really have anything you know, productive that came from it. So I just wanted to create this album. It was basically just for me. I just really wanted to create a synth wavy sort of electronic odd album full of beats that that sort of was emotional and, and and fun at times. So I just, it basically was just me and my boredom and I wanted to just do something with it. And I, I really sit super low key. I think, you know, it was, it was kind of just for me and then a couple of friends really why I made it, but yeah, it was a fun time. It was, it's, I think I got a lot better at making beats because of that album, which was good. Like if anything, you know, maybe that's what came from it. So even though I took the album off Spotify and all that, I think it sort of, definitely made me better and it made me create beats a bit more cleanly now you know a lot of techniques and certain things i learned from that process which was really cool because i listen to it now and i like i like a lot of the songs on there but there are things that i would definitely not do now because i just learned i think you just learn after doing it a little bit and you know that was that was it it was just it was two weeks of just me just head down every night making beats and and it was probably the most fun i had during the, the quarantine i would say i mean there wasn't a lot going on, but you know, that was that and maybe Outer Banks or something. I don't know. So that writing <clears throat> process was obviously like sitting down writing beats every night, but you said one of your goal was, was to get better every year, you know, mm -hmm. as you go and progress with your music. So how did that experience um, help you to progress to where you are this year with the singles that you've released? Yeah, I think basically just figuring out different tricks and logic was a big one figuring out small production techniques that i just didn't know because i just didn't make beats enough so i think that sort of just head down working hours on that that instrumental album sort of taught me different things and quick you know shortcuts and logic and it just streamlined the way i make beats now a lot more so i think before making those beats i think it probably would have taken me a long time to make one beat and then after making that album it was you know it was kind of like a well well oiled machine at that point and i feel like by no means am, am i a master or anything but i feel like that really helped me you know streamline it just make it a lot easier for me and sort of if i'm making a beat now i'm pretty uh, I'll, I'll, I guess one thing I can mention what I learned from that. So I like minimal beats a lot. So, you know, for example, candy is, is pretty minimal. Like it, it's a, it's a synth baseline and then a hip hop beat and then sort of some like subtle guitar and, and like pretty pads around it. So I think that is kind of what I got from that. It sort of made me realize what type of beats I like. Cause you know, you can listen to that album now and you can see me jumping around a lot. And maybe that kind of going back to your original thing, maybe that was me trying to find my sound as a producer. Um, and then since then, you know, I feel like I've done a handful of different songs, but there is, there is like a, a signature sound, I would say within that. So I think maybe that's what that album taught me is sort of honing in on one sound and honing in on, on the type of production that I like. So that, you know, there's no lyrics on that album. So I didn't, I didn't get a lot of songwriting experience out of that but i think in terms of making beats it definitely just sort of opened the door to what i like and what my ear likes to hear when i'm making it and i'm pretty good now about if i start a beat and i don't like it i know that it's not worth it you know because with the that process whenever i uh, make a beat 
and I would sort of fall in love with it, that's when I knew I wanted to continue it. And that's kind of what, what I am now, you know? So if I'm starting to make a beat or, or making a song in Logic, I kind of need that instant gratification, at least a little bit, just to keep, to keep me excited about it. Because if, if, if I'm not excited about it, you know, what's the point? Like, I don't want to keep, I don't want to work on a song for months if I'm not going to, if I'm not excited about it initially. And things could change, you know, like you can add like a chorus or something else that sparks interest. But I think I'm pretty good now you know, I've learned from that process. I think I sort of recognize what's worth it and what's not, I would say. Do you th- is that a difficult process to kind of think through? Like when you're in the middle of a beat that you're like, I don't know if it's worth it or not. Like, what does that look like? And have you ever turned any of those songs or any of those beats into full songs? Yes, actually, that's, that's, a, that's a good question because the last beat on the album is called I called it 2021. That was the name of the beat. And that beat became the beat for a song that I released later, like with singing and lyrics and all that called Doesn't Matter, which is actually like one of my favorite songs that I've made and a lot of people's favorite songs that I've made. So it's kind of cool that 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 you can do that. I think that's a cool thing about being a musician. You can kind of use beats or ideas or lyrics or anything and, the, you know, rehash it for another song if it didn't, if, you know, you're not, you didn't do much with it the first time, you know, I had a beat on an instrumental album that I made because I was just bored during uh, quarantine. And then I just sort of took that beat because I love it. And I made a song that I was really proud of. So I think it's, it's pretty cool that, that you can do that. Um, I'm sorry. I don't, the initial question did, I don't know if I answered it, but I think, I think you're asking sort of if, if you take beats from it initially and then turn into something else. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, I think that was the only one that, I did that for, but I think, yeah, that speaks to just like how fun it is to be a musician because you can just, you can just use ideas. You know, there's nothing that really gets old. You use, you use a G chord once. It doesn't mean you can't use it again. So I think there's, you know, you can do a lot of, you can do a lot of cool stuff. Even if you've already released something, you know, I've released stuff that I've secretly taken from, you know, I've released something and I, and I think this would be cool in another song also. So I just take it and then, you know, insert it into something else. So yeah, I think uh, I think that's pretty much that was pretty much the only beat that I did that for though, on that album at least. So going forward, um, you said you're going to be working with some more people. Uh, we could expect um, like a more singer songwriter song. Should like can we expect a little bit more of this kind of like um, sound in in terms of beat making like this um unique sound that you kind of have can we expect that going forward uh like working with other people as well yeah i would i would love that i i honestly don't know what the next one after this 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 next one's gonna look like or sound like or anything it's hard to tell it's kind of just you know whatever whatever feels right or if, if an idea makes me excited then i'll just i'll chase that but i would love that you know i to start creating a beat and then having people add to it, I think would be amazing. Um, that guy, you know, I mentioned earlier, my best friend who's a, who's a really good drummer. He, we've been talking about doing that for a while, you know, just like me starting like a shell of a beat, sending it to him, him adding to it, sending it back, me adding vocals to it, send it back to him, he adds drums to it. So like we talked about doing that um, and we definitely will. So definitely keep an, an ear out for that. That'll, that'll be coming. But I think right now, at least, you know, this could change maybe tomorrow, but at least right now, I'm really into the guitar stuff. You know, I've been playing guitar for so long and I feel like I haven't showcased it enough in my music. So I think this next one, I definitely will be. And the the coming ones after that, I would like to do that too. So 
kind of, yeah, thinking about where I'm going in the future, I think a lot more guitar and, you know, a good mix of, of slow and upbeat. Like you mentioned earlier, I have a, I have a lot of upbeat stuff. I kind of want to go back to a little bit of like the raw songwriter stuff, but I don't want to completely go back to that. Like I'd like to go back to that, jump to the fun stuff, go back to, you know, I just like jumping around. So, so I don't really know to answer your question. I don't really know what's going to happen, but I collaboration is on the roadmap for sure. And, you know, so is a lot of the guitar stuff. So um, Sydney, do you have any other questions for Sohill? Sohill, where can we find and follow you online and listen to all of your music? Yes. So you can, all socials are at songs by Sohill, Sohill, S-O-H-I-L. And you can find me on Spotify, Apple, all of it at Sohill, just S-O-H-I-L. And yeah, I would recommend for a first listen, if you haven't heard any of my stuff, I would recommend probably the song Real. The Real is a pretty good uh, mix of the guitar stuff I mentioned with the upbeat hip hop beats as well as a rap. So I think it kind of takes a lot of the stuff we talked about today and the influences and, and kind of puts them all into one song. So, yep, check out Real on uh, all platforms. That's awesome. So once again, Sohil, thank you so much for being on with us today. It was a pleasure talking to you. Oh, thank you guys. It was awesome. Thank you for the opportunity. This has been Little Known Tracks. Thank you so much for listening. If you or a loved one want to be featured or know someone who should, send us an email at littleknowntrackspodcast at gmail.com. Also, do yourself a solid and follow us at LKT Pod on both Twitter and Instagram. See you soon. Thank you.